where else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo! By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it! This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. On fourth down. Clean snap. Brock will kick this one away. It's a high kick. Bryce is going to let it bounce. He will field it at the 32. Starter steps. Cutting right to the 35. To the 40. To the 45. To the midfield. 40. 35. 40. 25. 20. 15. 10. 5. Touchdown Rebels. Rasheed Rice. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast alongside Alex Jones. I'm Brad the Brizzer Icorn. As we're happy to be joining you here uh, less than a week away from the 2023 NFL Draft coming up in Kansas City, Missouri. So we got a lot to cover. Um, talking, of course, Buffalo Bills here on the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. We'll look into some of the moves they, they've made, our thoughts on the potential draft. We're going to do a mock draft, but then let, let, let's tie back to that play-by-play clip we just heard. If I didn't blow out your eardrums here, I apologize. Uh, you heard a punt return uh, for a touchdown. This was back in 2018. Yeah, a little bit ago here, but that was Rasheed Rice, who went on to have a great career at SMU, as we would have hoped. Uh, he uh, set the single-season record for receiving yards in a season at SMU, and there's been several drafts where he's been mocked to the Buffalo Bills. Well, coming up here, uh, I'll have a sit-down here with his high school coach, Jed Cates, who uh, is now the head coach for the Richland Royals. Uh, but back during my time in Texas, I was their uh, play-by-play announcer uh, for coverage of Richland Rebel and Birdville ISD High School football on R Street Media. All right, Alex, um, here we are a week before the draft, and honestly, I can't put my finger on one player who I think uh, that they'll definitively go ahead and select uh, a week ago from now. Yeah, I agree, Brad. There's not a, a singular player. I, there's quite a few players I really like, um, but not one particular player that I'm like, that's the pick. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, and I mean, standard here going into the draft, I feel like, uh, you know, we're just surrounded with mystery. We're not sure what other teams are going to do, who's going to trade up, who's going to trade down into this draft. So a lot to be had, but, you know, I've had a couple of folks bring it up to me, and I don't disagree that this is a team that doesn't have a lot of draft capital, not in this year's draft. They only have six draft picks. Would you want to see this Bills team trade back and acquire some more picks in this draft? Are you all about them going to get their guy, trading up if they have to, trying to get the best player on their board? Yeah, Brad, I, I think that's the case. you you got to go by BPA because best player available. Simply for the fact that um, if your guy, let's say there's a guy you think is the number three player in this draft and they're at pick number 20 or number 18 or number 17, if you have that guy, that level of guy up on your board, you got to take him. You got to figure out a way to get up there to take that guy because it's rare you get a player that high. That being said, if it gets to pick 27 and pick 28 which uh you know whichever one you count with the dolphins forfeit um 
you and there's no one on your board only second round grades you gotta say you know what we're gonna trade back and even if it's a bit of a reduced it's better than getting some capital back than just reaching for a guy even though you have a lower draft grade on and I would say positions of need with this team. Uh, I think we're in consensus here is that, you know, the most glaring need is, you know, a big time wide receiver. I think, Uh, you know, someone who opposite Stefan Diggs that, you know, Gabe Davis didn't quite step into this role. So I think that's an area of need offensive line. No doubt Uh, would like Josh Allen to not have to scramble for his life. Every game, Uh, get some good pass protection, uh, and then uh, middle linebacker looking to replace uh, Tremaine Edmonds in this one. Any other glaring issues you have for the Bills at this point, Alex? Um, not really. I mean, interior line is probably one everybody will say. Um, yeah. A lot of people think tackle. I personally don't. Um, I think Spencer Brown is still developing. Like when you drafted that guy, the all the talk about him was he's an incredibly raw prospect. But if you can get him up to speed, he's going to be and a phenomenal player. And I think we've seen strides every year where he gets better and not enough where you have to say, you know what, I'm ditching. I'm going to take a new right tackle. Yeah. And, um, I, and I think part of that too, Alex is he got bit by the injury bug a little bit last year. So we didn't really get a full sample size out of him in year two. Yeah. And with two offensive line coaches in two years two looking for a different techniques, um, it can be difficult. Yeah. But, um, I, I think D-tackle might be a sneaky need where if you see somebody like Jalen Carter fall into the teen, late teens, early 20s, I think Brandon Beans is picking up the phone for that one. Um, the only position I'm really not sh- – I'm really sure they won't take in the first round is safety. Not anymore. Or, sorry, we're back in safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, I heard it mentioned today that there were question marks – at safety for the Buffalo Bills, Jordan Poyer resigns. We get Taylor Rapp from uh, the uh, the Rams, so um, doesn't look quite as daunting in the in the safety room, nor in the cornerback room. Uh, you know, we'd like to see you know Benford continue to develop. Of course, Kyler Elam last year's first round pick continue to develop as well, but then seeing all fully healthy Trey White back in the lineup as well. Yeah, and that that unit gets a lot better with all. All those guys in the fold another year. Christian Benford kind of being a cornerback safety hybrid, which you can plug in at that position, is something you really like to see from a young prospect. However, I do expect in the day two to day three range, I think the Bills will take at least one safety, maybe two depending on who they like. All right, well... Alex, I'm going to go ahead and kind of slide you over here and let you take charge here as Alex is going to lead us through a mock draft as we look to mock the Buffalo Bills draft here in 2023. So whenever you're ready, Alex, here, you can go ahead and get us started. And a reminder that you are listening to the Buffalo Bills Draft House podcast. You can find us across our social media platforms at DHS Buffalo, at Bills Bruiser, at TW Callahan, DHS, Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House, and DraftHouseSports.com. All right, Alex, you ready to go ahead and uh, start our mock draft here? Yes, of course. So we're going to do a seven round. As everybody currently knows, the Bills have six picks. Um, and we'll go through each pick. As, uh, and and 
And as we said, uh, Alex, we're here, this is who we think. Mocking the war room, right? All right. So Alex is getting us set, and we're going to go ahead and dive into the draft. So at pick 27, Brad, leading into the draft, what is your inkling? Do you think we should trade up, trade down, or stay on path? I'm curious with who would be on the board then, but I'm 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 fine with staying where they are uh, at 27. Um, I mean, if there are guys there, I could see them trading up, but I'd say staying paid at 27 sounds like a safe bet. I agree. I think I think for a few prospects, it's worth trading up. However, um, letting the board sort of fall how it does might be your best option. And with the first pick. Panthers take Bryce Young, Texans take Stroud, and we're off to the races from there. Will Anderson, interesting to uh, the Cardinals, all right. Fun to kind of watch this play out. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. No, and to kind of just recap the first, so we stopped at four with Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Collegiacancy to the Seahawks, Jalen Carter to the Lions, Will Levis to the Raiders. Miles Murphy's Falcons. Tyree Wilson is the Bears. Luke Maness uh, is a Eagles player now. Paris Johnson to the Titans. Derek Hall to the Texans. Roderick Jones to the Jets. And Nolan Smith to the Patriots. Going to be honest, Brad, the, the pick I like the least out of these and Jordan Addison to the Packers yeah. is Nolan Smith to the Patriots. That If that's the case... That becomes an incredibly strong punt with him and Matthew Judon. Yeah, that would be an interesting pick at that spot there um, because we've already seen what Judon has developed into. Um, And it's funny because I heard uh, Sal Capaccio, the sideline reporter for the Bills, you know, as negotiations were going on with Matt Milano, where it's like, you know, if we can't get Matt Milano, go get Matthew Judon. Well, Matt Milano comes back. Judon's with the Patriots and doing a nice job that it could be scary to have that kind of presence um, on the line with him. So right now, Brad, how the board's sitting, there's uh, one prospect I'd like to talk to you guys about trading up for. Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. He's listed as a tackle, however, I think in the future – he is going to be a much better guard prospect than a tackle prospect. Big kid, 6'6", uh, 300 pounds, beautiful blocker, really can get downfield well and is um, the type of guy you look for in your organization. 6'4", 294. 6'4", 294. Okay. So are you trading up at this point, Alex, or are you going to hold Pat? I think I think we need to have, start having discussions. Um, we'll hold until um, the Steelers pick because the Steelers uh, do need some offensive linemen, but they also do need cornerbacks. And the top three corners, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, and Joey Porter Jr., have, are all still on the board. So I think I think what would behoove us at the time, Warum, is we trade up with the uh, Detroit Lions. For the 18th overall pick. What are you giving up draft capital wise? So it would be a swap of first rounders. Most um, most likely our third round pick. Okay. 
and then we can ask for a pick swap with our six pick um to try to get to maximize that draft capital to move up a few spots um in the sixth round if even though we're giving up a third round pick here okay so let's see if does this trade go through here as alex is doing our draft through the Draft Network, and it looks like the Detroit Lions accept the trade. So in this mock, the Bills will trade up. For Peter Skaronsky. All right, let's do Offensive it. Northwestern. All right. And I like it. A, a guy with a versatility to go ahead and play guard and tackle. Like you said, more of an interior guy. I think more, I'd say, if you want to compare to the position they were in with, they drafted a guy like Cody Ford, a guy who could play tackle but was better suited because of his speed to play on the interior offensive line is that how you see this working out uh, i do brad and uh i'm gonna be honest one of the things i really enjoy about uh Baronsky is he is he is a i think a upside all-star potential guard he played incredibly well through his three years at Northwestern, um, was one of those starters there for quite a significant amount of time, um, and really comes from an academically and um, culturally strong program in Northwestern. All right, so we'll go ahead and uh, get into the second round of this mock draft. The Bills are picking 60th. And one thing, you know, we're glad we traded up just because um, really, the what are, as our board sits now, Joey Porter Jr., we don't really have. Ryan Reese is a high bust, high boom potential. So if we were drafting here, um, Brian Baranch, Michael, really mayor, no, really no good prospects left on the board. That was a successful trade-up. All right, so they're flipping to us, and if this – Players on the board, I'd say they go for it at this point. I'd like to see them. If he's available, Jack Adams, uh, the uh, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Oh, I really like uh, two particular linebacker prospects. We'll see what the Jets do. Um, they're on the clock right now. They went Antonio Johnson, and then they went Mazzy Smith. Those are those are two going to be two nasty players. Um, however, I have two guys that I really love at linebacker that I'm hoping uh, probably trade-ups not in our future right now. We'd probably end up having to give up our fourth-round picks, which wouldn't be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jack Campbell out of Iowa and Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. I prefer Drew Sanders a little bit more than Jack Campbell. That's what um, just Drew Sanders um, can really get to the edge and edge rush on third downs, which is something that with Taylor Rapp coming into the Bills as sort of like a dime-slash-nickel linebacker, being able to take a defensive tackle off the field and then bring Drew Sanders because then you can do a lot of blitzes with Rapp, with Milano, and still drop out Drew Sanders into coverage. And our apologies to our listeners there. My confusing for mixing John Campbell or John Adams and Jack Campbell. But, no, Jack Campbell is who I would like them to target out of Iowa get my close to hockey names mixed up here. All right. Board sort of fell our way that time. Um, so we have a few options on the board right now. 
that are very appealing. Um, first off, Drew Sanders is still on the board from Arkansas. Sure. However, there are two other names I'd really like us to consider. The first one is Osiris Torrance in interior. He's a guard out of Florida. Big road grader type guy played for the raging cajuns had success there before transferring to florida having success there um he's a big mean nasty mauling run blocker struggles a little bit in pass coverage if guys are using speed moves Mm -hmm. um but at the nfl level that's something that'll probably be managed uh through chips and other things so honestly i I think he's a possible really strong possibility the other one is my another personal favorite from the class i i didn't expect him to get here darnell washington the tight end out of georgia i know the positional need isn't exceptional for us at this juncture um for tight end as we more likely more than likely drew sanders sanders would be in the starting lineup for us as well as probably osiris torrance um depending on how camp went mm-hmm. but darnell washington is an athletic freak an incredible blocker and would give us a chance to go into 12 personnel significantly more with a higher offensive upside. It also allows us to patch Dawson Knox and still keep a run threat in um, the offense. Not to mention 6'7", 255, ran a four, roughly four five forty. That's an incredible mix of human being. That's almost too much to pass up as an athletic freak. All right. I'm going to trust your judgment on this one, Alex. Who are you going to pull the trigger on? Uh, I think we should go for Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. He's uh, now I I do think if we took Darnell Washington, there's a possibility that in the fourth round, we could get a guy like Trenton Simpson or Jack Campbell. Um, But, I, I think the positional, I think the value plus positional need is just too high not to draft Drew Sanders. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm for it. All right. With the 60th pick in, in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Drew Sanders, linebacker, Arkansas. All right. I like it. So with that, uh, Buffalo is going to go ahead and sit out the third route in this mock draft, and we'll see where it goes in the fourth. Now, I think at this point, mid-round, I don't know. I get bullish on picking a receiver early because I feel that that position is so deep that you're able to go and get someone. I mean, you know, look at uh, Gabe Davis. I know. There's some naysayers here that didn't have the year, you know, we wanted him to have last year. But, you know, he was a mid-round pick. He was, you know, a, you know, a day one or even a day two guy for that matter. Uh, you know, G- G- Gabe Davis was a guy who, uh, you know, went and cut his chops at, you know, not a huge school, um, but a decent-sized school in Central Florida under who is now the head coach, Josh Heupel, there at uh, Tennessee. But, um he was taken in the fourth round um, at 128th, which is, you know, very close to where the Bills are drafting uh, in our fourth round of this draft. I want to see us get a receiver at this point. Uh, anyone you have in mind, I know we'll have to see how the board lays once we get. It's actually three, uh, where we took Gabe Davis, is three picks away um, from where we're drafting in this fourth round. I, since, uh, you know, he's kind of a focus and 
you know, excuse me, Bills Mafia, personally biased here. Uh, if Mr. Rasheed Rice would be available in the fourth round, I'd leap at that one. Uh, curious if he's still out there. Um, I believe going back over my notes, let's check. Rice coming off a four-year career at SMU had 1,355 yards, receiving 10 touchdowns last season. Yes, sir. Unfortunately, with the 76th pick in this draft, the Falcons selected Rasheed Rice. All right. And I wouldn't be shocked. The way they've been mocking him as I've seen him round two and three, that if he fell to the fourth round, that would be kind of a gimme at this point. Who are some wide receivers that you see available and on the board that, uh, you know, if you're Brandon Bean and company, that you're potentially looking at targeting? Or is it too late to target a receiver uh, looking for someone that you could put opposite digs in round four? I think there's a few options. Nathaniel Tank Dell out of Houston, speedster guy who can fit into the slot for the Bills, um, would make a lot of sense in the fourth round. Andrea Isavos out of Princeton also makes a little bit of sense. Um, he's another speedster guy. Had a good day. Had a good week at the Senior Bell Bowl. Um, and the final one who I think may be a sleeper of this NFL draft is Ronnie Bell. He has a, a certain tenacity from the game. Um, when he's in his routes, he's a strong finisher, great hands, not afraid to go over the middle guy. Um, that's, I think, one of my steals of this draft is going to be Ronnie Bell. I think whoever takes him is going to find a, a future all-star. Is that who you want at this point? Because I would back you on that, the young man out of Michigan. We also have a couple trade offers. Okay. Um so for pick 131, the Lions will send us 154 and a sixth next year. Okay. Um, and for pick 131, the Saints will send us 167 and 259. I'm going to counter their offer to see if we can sweeten it a bit. Let me get on. Okay, yeah, because I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily sold. It'd be nice to acquire another pick, especially if we're, you know, trading up, but uh, I'm not sold by either of those trades. Yeah, me either, Brad. It sounds it sounds like the Saints, uh, they've won 48 and 167, so we'd be moving back 17 slots to add pick 167, um, which would move us up 14 spots in the, or sorry, 18 spots in the uh, from the sixth round into the fifth round. Okay. Um, so I, I don't see the value there either. Um, um, I, I, let's check the board real quick. So the receivers, uh, Nathaniel Dell, uh, the Princeton product, and uh, Ronnie Bell are all on the board. Um, just see if there's any other value. Um, as we projected, DeMarvin, Overshone, and Noah Sewell, the linebackers have just fallen down people's boards just because, you know, with the abundance of linebackers coming out. Um, Tucker Kraft would be an interesting one out of South Dakota State. He's the big kid, 6'5", 255. Um, did a lot of things. He was a productive receiver, athletic guy. Um, got good athleticism with um, just uh, an upside you like to see. Um, the only 
question about him is, is bringing in another raw tight end a smart point um, for the Bills um, with developing a guy that you want to immediately be able to plug into the offense? All right, Alex, how do you want to go? I could go either different direction here at this point. I think Tucker Kraft is the smartest. He's got he's a good fourth round pick, athletic upside, raw, but shows a lot of potential. I think those are the types of guys you take. Go for it, pull the trigger. All right, with the one hundred one hundred thirty first pick in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Tucker Kraft, tight end, South Dakota State. All right, so that's going to go ahead and take us just a couple picks away there. Uh, to 139, just eight spots down. Um, is this where you go ahead and select the young man from Michigan? I think so, Brad. I think this is a, a good point um, to go after. Uh, Ronnie uh, receiver. Bell. Yeah, Ronnie Bell. You know, he's he's in, in uh, he's just got that fight to him. He's a really feisty guy. Um, He's really fat. He's you know he's got good ball speed, good athleticism. Um, he just the only knock on him is that he doesn't run many deep routes well at Michigan. But I, I don't see that as an issue for us. We're looking for more moderate to medium routes rather than the deep ones. So I think Ronnie Bell here is a great pick. Make it happen. And then the Bills have one final pick uh, at one eighty-five. All right, and who are you targeting late? What, I mean, at this point in the draft, I would think, you know, the war room is looking for value. Who is the best player on the board? Who could maybe still fill a potential need? Something that you could really, you know, help to develop. I mean, we've seen late-round players in this organization in the past come and, you know, make the starting lineup here. Christian Benford, prime example, a late-round cornerback. When they drafted a the corner in the first round and he started – Week one against the Rams, he really did, I think, earn his own this season. But, you know, we've seen in the past, Stevie Johnson, the guy who was a six-round wide receiver out of Kentucky, made a name for himself here in Western New York. A variety of different reasons, but um, no, he, he was one of those late-round guys that worked out for the Bills. Who are you targeting right now here at this 185 spot? There, there's a few positions you could look at. We lost um, Johnson uh, to the Raiders uh, from uh, Miami Products, who played safety and was a core four special teamer for the Bills. So you could look to replace a four, core four special team guy. Um, you could also look running back and just check for, you know, anybody you like there. Um, I really like Ty, Ty J. IJ Spears out of Tulane. He is uh, a really explosive runner, one of the fastest guys at the combine, and could add an interesting versatility of like a Darren Sproles um, to James Cook's style of run play. Um, but what do you think, Brad? What position would you like to see the Bills pick up? See, and I'm, I'm bullish. I, I wouldn't go running back at this point. Um, just like I wouldn't in the early rounds, I wouldn't do it in the later rounds either because I still think that this team is in true need of building up their offensive line that if we address in the draft, maybe that's a position we look to target next year, a good you know, uh, you know, opposite guy to, to match uh, 
with Cook, but at this point here, if there's anything available on either defensive interior or even on the offensive line, I think that's where my head goes at this point. I agree. I think, you know, you can look for uh, some discounts, bargain bin guys there. Um, I mean, O-line really gets picked over and D-line as well. Um, just at this point in the draft, everybody's um, taking some shots. However, I do have a prospect I really like. Um, he he is going to be a long shot. Like, I'll tell you that. Okay. For one season. That's okay. it. Um. He's out of Northern Michigan. His name's Jake Witt. And he played he at the Uperdome. All right. Yeah. Um, play. It was a great story. If you haven't looked it up, he has a great story to get to the draft. Um, but he is just an absolute unit. He really is a just a really big offensive tackle playing out of Northern Michigan. Um, six foot seven, three hundred two pounds. Yeah, big guy. Yeah, and he's just he's be as he develops more and more, he really seems like a guy who might go a little bit sooner um, than some expect. So I wouldn't hate jumping at a guy like Jake Witt, a guy you're saying, you know what, he is going to be a developmental project, but he's a developmental project who could really pay off for us in three to four years time. I'm sold. All right, let's put the draft pick in the commissioner and with the 185th pick in the nfl draft the buffalo bills select jake witt offensive tackle northern michigan all right so let's just go ahead and recap our mock draft here as we did uh complete at this point so uh the bills trade up in the first round to 18 with the lions to go ahead and get peter skaronski uh, then in the second round, they're taking uh, Drew Sanders, the linebacker out of Arkansas. Um, third round pick was traded to the Lions to move up. So they're going tight end in round four with Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota State. Uh, Ronnie Bell just eight spots behind him, uh, the wide receiver out of Michigan. And then you just heard here the man from northern Michigan, Jake Witt, offensive tackle, uh, the final pick here in our mock draft. I, I like the way this shaped up, especially with the trade. I think we got a lot of positions of need drafted, got some good value that if they did a draft like this, I wouldn't be disappointed. I, I would not be at all, Brad. It adds a, a lot of pieces to, I mean, you, the only one you're not really going after um, that I think a lot of people would like them to take care of is the defensive line, but also you know, it's one of those things where I, I think that's not a you can find solutions to that at the value level. You can get more out of less um, with those guys. We also have some interesting prospects still. Brandon Bolden, um, Eli, Eli Anku are two guys who have played very well in the past um, and I think could make a significant impact. Um, however, the the prospects we got in this draft, Peter Skaronsky, Drew Sanders, those are day one starters. Skaronsky probably slots into the right guard um, mm-hmm. as um, the dra- as the recent free agency uh, pickup goes in, uh, McGovern goes into left guard. Um, and then Witt's a developmental tackle, a guy you can plug and play behind either one. 
Um, Ronnie Bell, I think, is legitimate chance to make this roster as one of the starting receivers and has a chance to get some okay to decent playing time his first season. Um, and then um, and Tucker Craft out of um, South Dakota State. I think he really has some upside potential. Um, he probably slots into our number two tight end behind Dawson Knox. Um, but he is a guy who can um, really um, allow us to take advantage of opposing offenses in a really special and unique way. All right, well, that was our mock draft, and I hope you enjoyed that as we enjoy uh, getting you set here for the Buffalo Bills upcoming draft coming up next week uh, as it will be in Kansas City, Missouri. So uh, we did our mock draft. A lot of mock drafts, as I've said before, had this guy, Rasheed Rice, a wide receiver out of SMU taken. I uh, personally connected. Um, I was the play-by-play announcer for uh, Richmond Rebel football for three years, and all three of those years, uh, Rasheed Rice was a member of the varsity team. So on the other side of a quick break here, I'm going to sit down with his high school ball coach, Jed Kaints, the head coach of the now Richland Royals. That coming up on the other side of a break, you're listening to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Can we pause it for a second? Okay. Thanks. Hey, where are you going? I need to pass gas. Well, that's cool. You can do it here. <laughs> no way. Go ahead. I don't care. Look, if I pass gas in here, it's going to be toxic, and it could linger for hours, maybe days. Is that what you want? No. Be right back. Secondhand smoke contains hydrogen cyanide and other deadly gases. Don't pass gas. Take it outside. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. Welcome back to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast alongside Alex Jones. I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. We head to the Lone Star State. Welcome in Jed Case, where he's the head coach of the Richland Royals varsity football team down there in North Richland Hills, Texas. Coach, thanks for uh, taking time out to join us. Brad, I'm excited to talk to you. Great, great to see you. Yes, Coach, and I, I know. Um, I for those who don't know, I worked with Coach for uh, three years, calling Richmond Rebel games when they were the Rebels back uh, from 2016 all the way up through 2018. During that time, there was a young man who played for your name, Rasheed Rice, who's getting a lot of buzz and a lot of buzz here in Western New York about potentially being drafted by the Bills and Rasheed Rice. Talk a little bit about uh, Rasheed and your time with him uh, as a Rebel. You know, it's a really, it's a fun story for a, for a high school coach. He was about 5'9 as a freshman and really athletic and really smooth, but he was just a, just a baby, you know, 14 years old, and we saw potential. You never know about the possibility of being an NFL player, but we knew he was going to be a really good athlete. He came in high school thinking he was a basketball-only kid, and – I, I had to convince him to play football, and I'm glad I did. Of course, for the for, for Richmond High School, I'm glad I did. But I also knew 
it was a possibility for his future. Now he's six one or two. His shoulders are as broad as a Jeep, and he's he's fallen in love with the weight room. And now he's a big, explosive athlete. And but more importantly, I'm proud of how he's matured as a person. And uh, he's really a grown man now, you know, with a family, and he is a caring kid, and he's easy to root for these days. Yeah, talk about it if you would elaborate about Rishi off the field. Uh, you know, I, I, I stood up in the press box and saw him make spectacular play after spectacular play. But, you know, having a chance with a brief conversation with him after your win over Boswell at the Star in Frisco, um, you know, I got that vibe. Incredible kid. Tell, tell us a little bit more about him. Well, number one, he is extremely intelligent. I mean, uh, he's the kind of kid. If this doesn't work out, he could be a lawyer, or a, you know, CEO. He's one of those. He, he's really smart. And then secondly, he's a, he's one of those guys. He could do he, – he he's a guy you might have to recruit one of these days, Brad. He's great in front of the camera, way too good looking, you know. And then he's also so articulate that he absolutely could be the kind of guy that could be in media or be in front of people. He's, he's spoken to our team a time or two since his graduation, you know, since he's played at SMU, which mm-hmm. is about 30 miles from our campus. And he's come over and lifted weights and, and spoken to our team. And it's really a, it's been a blessing to have him close. And uh, it's also been fun to kind of watch from afar how he's developed into a fine young man. It's been neat. Now, statistically, obviously different things going to factor his teammates around him, all that. But, I mean, statistically, you can't ignore what's in front of you here. His numbers continue to climb each every year. Uh, while at Richland, uh, started at 550 receiving yards his sophomore year, up to 768 his junior year, and then 844 his senior year, even with battling an injury at that point. His touchdowns increased, and the same thing happened at SMU. Went from 400 yards his freshman year to last year, he had 13. 155 receiving yards um, and 10 touchdowns. So talk about him and how this speaks to his work ethic, his, you know, push and drive and not giving up and really wanting to continue to grow each and every year. Yeah, I think it, I think it does speak to him, you know, how he desires to get better. And, and I, I absolutely think where you see some receivers come to the league and they struggle with understanding concepts. They, under, they struggle with understanding spacing, the difference between man. You know, they have to they have to recognize man versus zone while they're running full speed and possibly route adjusting throughout the play in milliseconds. You know, I would be shocked if Rashid doesn't excel at that. And because of that, I think he has the same chance to progress as an NFL receiver. You know, if you look at it, even the greats like Jerry Rice, when they first get in the NFL, they don't just burst onto the scene with 100 catches and 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. A lot of the great ones have to figure that out. I would be shocked if that part of the learning curve, Rashid, doesn't really, isn't really ahead of a lot of the guys, other guys coming into camp because he's so smart and because he desires to understand it quicker than a lot of guys. One of the last questions I have here is, what, what, what's he like in the locker room? I know you talked about how smart and intelligent he is, how he's come back, how he spoke with the team. What was he like while he played for you in the locker room? You know, that's, that may be the part that he has come the furthest. And, for instance, as a sophomore, 
even though he was so talented and like you you said his stats, he was a big part of our team in that first you know his sophomore year. He was still immature off the field, you know, not never a problem. Just kind of, hey, I'm one of the backseat guys. I don't have to be a leader. I don't have to be in front. <laughs> he was he was willing to be one of the guys in the background when it came to that stuff. And by his senior year, he was a captain voted on by his teammates. He was a guy that, you know, you definitely wanted to get off the bus first. So they had to see him because they already knew his name, you know, and we, people had game planning for him. But, but he took that role and matured through it. And then, of course, I know he was a captain at SMU as well in college. And, and that's the part of this job <clears throat> that can be so rewarding, whether they go to the NFL or not watching boys grow into men, you know, and a lot of the time guys that are really talented, <clears throat> they've never had to be mature because they've been hey told how good they are all the time. And Rashi over, over these seven, eight years that I've gotten to watch him play in high school and college, he's really matured into a young man that I think, first of all, he will be a leader, but, for, but first and foremost, as a rookie, he'll know his place and kind of develop into that as well because – he has done it twice now in high school and college from a from a follower, a good follower, into a good leader. Now, Coach, I'm, I'm going to lean on your expertise here, having coached football for a very long time here and seeing a lot of great players here. Talk about Rasheed. What, what does he excel at? What makes him great? What could make him succeed in the NFL? And maybe what are some areas that he could uh, continue to uh, develop and grow in? Absolutely. The, the, the one thing that has always popped out to me is how great he is when the ball gets there. Uh, and I'm a Cowboy fan down here in Texas, Brad. You know that. So the oh, yes, day, sir. <laughs> Drew, Drew Pearson, when he caught it, it was soft. And Bush Johnson back in the old days, when he caught it, he would just grab it out of the air and try to squeeze the air out of it. Rashid was like Bush Johnson. He would squeeze the air out of the ball. He would attack the ball. And, and I think that is going to serve him well in the NFL because every, you know, open in the NFL is a, you know, nine inches, (laughs) you know, that's open, opens one-on-one, you know? And so the fact that he will be able to do that and compete for the football, I think that may be his best attribute. I think the thing that he'll have to, to learn is, Hey, every play matters, every yard matters and every, you know, fourth and, fourth and two and fourth and three is a big difference for in the NFL. Every yard is a scratch out. Every yard is fought for. And so the idea that he has to understand there are no plays off, you know, on the backside of routes in college, sometimes you get a play off, you know, you barely have to do anything. And in the, in the NFL, it's a full field read a lot. He knows he might be the fourth choice, but he might be the guy getting the football. And that'll be a big part of, of his game that he'll have to understand whatever, however many plays he gets, all of them are valuable uh, in, the, in the course of a football game in the NFL. Coach, really appreciate your time. Good hearing from you after all these years broadcasting Richmond Rebel football and uh, really look forward to see where this young man ends up. Hopefully it's right here for us in western New York. If not, if he's a cowboy, that'd be great for the folks <laughs> back home, I'm sure. I'd love him to be a Bill Brad. That way you can look after him for me. But uh, I appreciate your time down here with us. It was 
I, we all got some fond memories. I think you were a good luck charm. We had some great teams while you were broadcasting. I, I appreciate you. that, Coach. Absolutely. Well, I do have a couple of Bills that live in my neighborhood, so if he does end up getting drafted by the Bills and needs a recommendation on places to stay, uh, tell him to let me know. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Brad. And that was Judd Cates. He's the head coach of the Richland Royals, previously known as the Rebels in North Richland Hills, Texas, where he was the head coach of Rasheed Rice, the SMU draft prospect who uh, played varsity football at Richland High School from 2016 through 2018. All right, we'll take a break with more to come. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Chris, you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too. Am too. There's your comic book collection, the race car bed. I'm young at heart, but I put money into my 401k every paycheck. I'm taking control over my financial life, and that feels pretty grown-up to me. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. Are those footy pajamas? This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. And we welcome you back to the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn, Alex Jones with you as we are less than a week away from the 2023 NFL Draft coming up in Kansas City this year. Some final thoughts for the Buffalo Bills going into this draft. What are some things that you want Brandon Bean and his war room staff to keep in mind this draft weekend, Alex? One of the big things definitely is don't get impatient. Um, If you think a guy's going to be there, which he even said last year, um, if you think a guy's going to be there, you got to, you got to really sit on that and hope he's there. Otherwise you really have to, um, you really have to consider every move you make. You know, these will have forever branching parts of your career as a front office person. It is really interesting how small decisions can shape entire cities or entire franchises. Um, and so I, I think that's the thing to keep, you know, in mind is, is this the decision that I'm willing to stake my career on? Or is this the willing that I'm willing to try to get a promotion on? Um, and I think that for the whole front office staff is, something important to think about as well as as a fan watching the draft thinking about those people working and you know how their thought process goes through everything any other thoughts for any of the nfl for that matter here going into uh draft uh coming up next week i I think brad this is going to be one of the more chaotic uh drafts in the nfl history um it's it's shaping up to be an incredibly interesting one and one that I think will really change some fortunes in the NFL. I know this just sounds like diatribes about the draft, but in actuality, there's probably going to be like five, six major trades. I feel like the top 10, the over under in trades is four. We're already at one. So I think that three and a half, probably a safe number. I expect four trades in the top 10. 
Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Big thanks, of course, Alex Jones there, our residential draft expert here. Follow him at TW Callahan DHS. Follow us at DHS Buffalo. Uh, you can follow myself at Bills Bruiser. Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House and DraftHouseSports.com. All right, NFL Draft coming up. Uh, in less than a week, and we'll be looking forward to uh, bringing you coverage there. Follow our Twitter and social media. We'll probably have a reaction draft coming up next weekend as well. For Alex Jones, I'm Brad the Brizzer Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast, an R Street Media production.